Morning. Welcome Good. to Ascent Church. Yeah. Good morning. Yeah, we, we're uh, we're really glad that you're here. My name's Jim, and uh, like Bill said, I'm one of the co-pastors. My buddy Maurice. Good morning. My name is Maurice. I get an awesome opportunity of working with high school students here, and also, like as Bill said, I am a black man. If you guys have not noticed, um, I'm just so glad he said just something. Thought I just wanted to go ahead we throw that really out there. Like, wow, confused. Just want to go ahead and throw that out there. We came Good off job, of Bill. a heavy yeah. video. I just wanted to kind of <laughs> break the ice a little bit. Just know that you know, take a deep breath. It's all good. Just move off the edge of your seats. Go ahead, sit back. It's all good. It's all good. No, this isn't guilt trip Sunday. Not you know, guilt this trip isn't Sunday. mad black man. We're good. Everything is going to be. Everything not, is going to be just fine. Everything no. is going to be just fine. We're going to no. solve the world's problem in about thirty minutes. I'm on the clock, so. It's going to work out, but just take a deep breath. We're yeah. going to get into this real conversation. It's been so fun uh, for Maurice and I this week talking about like, man, okay, we're, yeah, we really have some different stuff that we've experienced. And so it's been really fun for us to get into it, to shoot that video, man. When he told those stories, that's the third time I watch the video now and every time I get teary-eyed. So, uh, so that's been a fun thing. But there's, there's big ways that he and I are different, but then we discovered some other ways this week that like are smaller that are different. Like for instance, I came smaller. in like uh, to the office a couple weeks ago and I was like, oh, Maurice. He's like the only guy there. I'm like, Maurice, dude, you're killing me. I cannot believe Tom Petty died. Can you? Wasn't that just awful that Tom Petty died? Can you believe it? Tom Petty. Is that one of the Beatles? I don't know. No, 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 no. She's a good girl, loves her mama, Still not clicking. Still not. And America, too. I went to Fairview. I can sing. Still. Come on, man. Yeah. Still still not clicking. I told Jim after that conversation, I'll let you know if Jay-Z dies, because I don't know anything about (laughs) Tom Petty. All right. So we got a little bit of difference, a lot of things about us. Um. But uh, one thing is, I love this guy, and um, we, we after the last year Maurice been on the staff, we've developed just this sweet relationship, yeah. and, um, but, you know, one of the times I think I noticed the most where there was a, a difference in the way that you've experienced life and I've experienced life, because I, I, if you're like me, sometimes I go around thinking, well, everybody experiences life exactly like I do, because of course they do, right? And so I can't understand why somebody would think something a certain way, and it helps me to get outside of my little world and think uh, the way somebody else might think. And so, one one case of this, and this this gets to some vulnerability, I recognize. For sure. But, For sure. Um, we had a, a day in here a few months back where we love, as you guys know, we work with the community, uh, BVSD, we work with police department, and we had a couple hundred police officers come into the building one day and they were doing training around crisis situations. And so all over the front range, all these police officers here, we have this incredible relationship with Chief Hayes in Louisville here and uh, Detective Haymore runs the uh, toy drive here. So just great, great folks in the building. And so I was in here and I'm listening, but I, I look back. Yeah. And I, I'll never forget, man, I saw you and you were standing like right back in there yeah. somewhere and I looked over and you had this look on your face that yeah. just seemed anxious and I was like, what's up? Yeah, I mean, we were having totally kind of different thoughts there. Just real, real quickly, me and my wife moving here, we kind of knew that it would be a culture shift um, coming here. And I even remember in the interview, and I don't know if it was Jim or Bill, but they were like, all right, you've answered all the questions, you got all, you know, we're down to the, you know, last here, you know, you're doing really well, uh, but, you know, with you being a black man, if we're coming here to um, Louisville, it's going to be a culture shift. It's going to be predominantly white. Will that affect your leadership? And for me, I'm like, no, no way. I mean, I have a diverse group of friends. I think, like, this is going to be totally fine. Like, don't worry about it. We're all good. And then I did get here, and I was like, 
Okay. I did. I didn't know that it snowed here. I didn't know that it snowed people. It was a lot of like, okay, wow. All right, here we go. Yeah, man, you're outnumbered. Bu- buckle oh, yeah. up, baby. Yeah. Here we go. Like, yeah. <laughs> and so, and so um, but it was one of those things which, once again, it didn't affect my leadership. I, me and my wife, we actually enjoy so much being here. Um, but there's different moments that comes up that reminds us and causes us to realize the effects that racism has played on our lives and what that looked like. And in particular, this moment with... Um, all of the um, police officers here from the front range. And I remember even in the staff meeting, I'm like, we get to serve our community in such an amazing way. And so once again, before I even get started in the story, not mad black man, not bitter. Like, I love service. I love yeah. uh, military. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I, police officers, family members, I, I love all of them. I, mean, I have close ones that are in all those different things. Um, in particular, this situation, though, kind of brought something up for me um, with knowing, um, having past experiences. And so when I say this, I'm going to be a little bit vulnerable, and I just want you to really hear my heart right now. And so when, we, when all the people were here, when, when I began to see Jim um, going, and uh, even Bill and some of the staff members as the police were here, and they're talking with them, and I'm an outgoing person. I love talking to anyone. Some of you guys know that. And, um, but there was this somewhat of a jealousy from that because there was such a freedom and such a laxness from our staff, from people that were here, of being able to talk with policemen. And even Jim, I don't know uh, what he was talking about. He's probably talking about fly fishing and, hey, Duncan, how's it going? Let's go, you know, fly fish, all these other things. He's probably thinking those things. And all the while, because of experience, because of grandma, grandpa telling me and my siblings stories, in this instance, the things that's going through my head is Maurice, I have a hoodie on, so my, my hands are in my, you know, the comfortable position, and all I could think about was, take your hands out of your pockets, Maurice. Make sure, make sure that you don't make any sudden movements, Maurice. Yeah, I, had a, I had a phone at the time that, you know, it was, uh, had a black cover, and the case was white, and I decided, Mark, let me just make sure I flip my phone on its back so that the white is shown, and it's very visible, that this isn't a foreign object. This isn't something that, you know, that could go wrong. And as I'm with Jim, and he's like, hey, how's you going? Has you met my high school director, this and this and that? And in, the, in those moments, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling comfortable because I'm with Jim. He's introducing me. But then at those moments when he would walk away, that umbrella would walk away. When that, when that person that couldn't vouch for me wasn't there, some things began to rise up within me. Some different things that from the past, and all I could think about was these moments and these experiences that my family has experienced. And once again, probably 100% amazing people, people that I love dearly. But all that I could think about in that moment was experiences and I don't know about you, Jim, but you're probably thinking about something different. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, so that's the thing. Is I, like Maurice and I actually talked a lot about this story this week because what we were afraid of is that in him telling this story, he would get fit into some kind of profile of, oh, he, he's just, you know, against police officers or something. But that is not true. Not at all. Go ahead and look at your neighbor and say, he ain't <laughs> mad. Go ahead and look at your neighbor now and just say, he ain't, <laughs> he, mad. He ain't mad. He ain't mad. He ain't mad. Everything is good. Yeah. yeah. So we, we didn't, we were nervous about that. And, um, what, what the point of that story was for me, though, is getting to know Maurice was like, 
I, I just would have never thought of that. It would have never, ever crossed my mind having them in the building. I wouldn't have never, it just, it wouldn't, you know? And part of that, I think, goes back to what we dealt with when we were growing up. Yeah. And so, um, like, the, here's an example. The talk. The talk. We talked about the talk. The talk. Okay, so you, those of you who have families, what's the talk? When you have the talk with your kids, what is the talk? My kids are like, oh, no. Um, yeah, it's like the birds and the bees, right? We're going to talk about how this, all this stuff works. We're going to sit you down, we're going to have this conversation, that's how it is. That's the talk in my house, the talk in your house. The talk in my house, and uh, obviously also many black friends of mine have shared the same experience. Um, you come around that age of driving, you just, and our parents sat us down. Me and my brother, I have a twin brother. And uh, they said, you know, now, Maurice Marquise, we encourage you. You're going to do what you want to do, but we encourage you. We need you to know, with all that's going on, I would rather you tape your registration to the front of the windshield. As soon as you see lights, make sure your wallet's out and put on your dashboard so you never have to reach for anything. So that you never have to be just in, in, a, in a position where, you know, this is something that is sketch. Let's go ahead and put everything, make it visible. Right now, Maurice and Marquise, you're about to start driving. I want you to do this. That's the talk that me and my brother got. And so for me in my house, it was just, hey, if you ever get pulled over, be nice. And, um, and I'll be honest, if I ever see the lights go on in the rearview mirror, which does happen to me sometimes. <laughs> um, if I ever see the lights go on, I, my first thought is like, I'm going to have to pay a ticket, and I'm not happy about that. And usually, I, let's be honest, a lot, of, a lot of what goes through my mind is like, okay, what can I say to convince this officer to not write me a ticket? That's what I'm thinking when I see the lights go on yeah, in the rear yeah. view. I mean, there's different things that take place where if I have a baseball cap on, I mean, my, I was always... Take, make sure that's off. Make sure these different things. I mean, just a lot of different thoughts go through my mind and just make it home. Be in and out. Make it home. Don't do the whole, you know, I know my rights. Just get home. Right. Hear this. What we're starting today to talk about is dive into the life of someone different than you. Like, that, that has been what has been the gift, I think, of our relationship is I would have never thought about some of that stuff mm -hmm. until Maurice helped me get that. And I think that is so key to who we are. That's a starting place. Yeah, and I think we're, we're both coming from a place of love. I just want to be very clear. I don't want to be, like you said, I don't want to be you're like, oh, you know, Maurice doesn't like these group of people, these different things like that. I have a huge heart and a huge love for any person. If I had enough guts, I would be a Marine, but I don't, I'm not good. <laughs> I don't, I'm not that. But you grew up differently than I did. Yes. Um, here's, here's what we want to do today with this, guys. This is, this is key. Um, today is not about uh, who's kneeling or not kneeling for the national anthem. That's not what today is about. Today is not about who's president and who's not president. Today is not about anything political. Today is about how do we look at what the scripture says about this issue, racism and our faith. And man, if, if you are someone who believes in Jesus, and we know that uh, our church is full of folks that do and full of folks that don't, mm -hmm. who are still wondering or, you know, whether, wherever you fall out of the scale, the message of the Bible around racism is something that we should be talking about all the time. I, I posted this week something on Facebook about this. You know the number one response I got was? 
thank God a church is actually talking about this. I was stunned yeah, by that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just that people were surprised that a church would talk about this topic. After so we many talk, years. Yeah, we want to talk about this head on today. Come yeah. on. So, so let's, let's get into this. And here's, here's part of the passion that I come at with this. You know, we've been going through this trailhead series where for two weeks we talked about knowing God. The next two weeks we talked about to be known, which means uh, what does it mean to be the church? And then these next two weeks are about to make him known. So if you find yourself as somebody that, that is trying the best you can to follow Jesus and you actually want other people to know about this, that's what these two weeks are about. And the reason why we chose this topic is because it fits in so well with this. Because not only do we need to figure out uh, what's the best way to communicate this incredible good news of who Jesus is, we also need to figure out what could absolutely torpedo it. What could take this down? And I got to tell you guys, if there is an ounce, an ounce of an idea that hidden in the hearts of white Christians is, is racism across our country, that will torpedo the message. Boom. It's gone. We absolutely cannot let that happen. Uh, I saw this thing this week. You guys know I have this little strange fetish for little studies that people do. I saw this thing uh, out of USC, Southern Cal, that talked about uh, these professors at Southern Cal did a study. They interviewed people all over the country, surveyed folks. They interviewed 20,000 white Christians as part of their study. What they were trying to figure out, is there any group in the U.S. that has more racist tendencies than others? And the USC folks concluded at the end, it's a couple years ago now, concluded at the end that white Christians in America are more racist than any other groups. That was the, that was the conclusion of the Southern Cal folks. Now, if you're like me, you hear that question, you're like, ah, is that true? You start asking, how do they ask the questions? How does the control group work? What, how do they define racism? Who were they asking? All those questions, which are, by the way, very valid. But you know, as I thought about it more, I just thought, it doesn't actually matter. What matters is the perception. What matters is, is this what's out there? And I gotta tell you guys, like, what we wanna talk about today is, how do we eliminate that? Man, we don't want an ounce of any of that in this church community. It will torpedo our witness in the world to folks that are still trying to figure out what they think about the church in Jesus. I remember being in college, seeing a professor uh, put up a scripture on the, on the walls, an ethics class, and basically saying, you see that? See that scripture right there? That proves to you that uh, the very foundation of what our country is built on is actually racist. They pulled a piece of scripture completely out of context, helicoptered it over, threw it onto the wall, and here's these college students listening to this going, yeah. Guys, let's talk about the heart today of what makes the Bible tick when it comes to who God is and about this topic. Because I'll tell you what, you dive into it, there is nothing like this message. And that's the thing is that when we were talking and we were sitting down and we were talking about these different topics that we we're going to talk about, I'll make my way. Can I use this? Is this all right? I didn't want to, just want to be clear here. I might here. cry right, right now right. because... It, you know, we have a lot of differences, but <laughs> this is one of the great things the about chart. He likes the flip chart. Yeah, you are my favorite staff person. Job All right, security. go ahead. Yeah. Job security. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, 
But here's the thing, before I, before I even get to the flip chart, um, I was thinking about this, and especially this topic in particular, it's so easy to sidestep or to get distracted and go down a rabbit hole of all these other topics and all these other different things. It, and so today, especially, we want to continue to make sure that we are centered, like Jim was saying, uh, of looking through the lens of the gospel. And I also want to make mention and make clear that this isn't just a black and white issue. We have many friends and many people, even that come to this church, that are of other minority groups, and they experience things as well. And I'm just able to speak through the lens of a black man, but there's, there's Asians and Hispanics and Pacific Islanders. There's so many different groups that are on the minority that probably experience things as well. And the, thing, the beautiful thing about this topic that I love so much is sometimes you can look through the Bible, you can look through the passage of Scripture, and some things can get a little ambiguous. Some things can get a little... Is it clear? Is it saying this? Is it not saying this? And this in particular, it is very clear. God leaves no room for any question about his heart when it comes to people of every single group. And not only that, but how we should act and respond to every single group of people. And so with this particular issue when it, uh, pertaining to this, the gospel is so clear. And what I want to make sure that we do this morning, and if you're, uh, if you're a believer or you are not someone who's following God yet, like, like Jim said, we embrace every single person. I want you guys to lean in and hear the heart of God. And for those of us who, you know, you say that you put your faith in God, really hear me on this matter. And as I begin to go in this direction and get a little vulnerable, I want you to hear me. As, uh, even as Bill was talking, I want us to be, become learners, not just me learning, but also you learning this morning as well. One thing that I thought about when I thought about this was this right here, and please forgive me, I'm of a like, new age, all I do is iPhone, and there's no autocorrect here, so I'm going to do my best. And you guys may be like, well, this is an easy word. I Maybe. I got to even pause as I'm writing it sometimes. Here we I, go. You got it, man. <laughs> here we, Speaking my language. Speaking his language. Yeah. <laughs> We believe firmly that there is a creator, that we are the created. We're not, we're not God. We don't, we don't possess, you know, the God ability to do these different things. There's a creator, and we're not him, and we are the created. And this morning, what I want to talk about is this scripture in particular that I want to read, talking from Colossians verse, uh, chapter 3. It says this right here, in this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, hitting at the point of ethnicities. He's very clear. This is Paul, a guy who started following Jesus, and he began to make some radical statements. He's very clear. There doesn't matter if you're a Jew or Gentile. Let's go ahead and modernize. It doesn't matter if you're black, if you're white, if you're Asian, if you're Pacific Islander. If It doesn't matter what you are, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free, Christ is all that matters. And he lives in all of us. The thing that I want to make mention of is sometimes we can get into a lot of social issues. We can start, which is very good. We can stand up for so many social issues, but the targeting and hitting on social issues and standing up for social issues without the punchline of Jesus is compromise. If we call ourselves believers, if we call ourselves people who are following after Jesus— and I get a little passionate about this. 
If we stand up for social issues, but we're not tethered to the gospel, if we're not rooted in what the scripture says, then we're going to be aiming aimlessly. And so what I want to make mention of what I love that he says here is that Jesus Christ is all that matters. There is a culture here in heaven. I want you to view this as heaven. There is a culture here in heaven. There is a language. There is a way of thinking up here. There is a, a way of doing things. There is a way of, uh, of just going about life here in heaven. And God loved us so much that he decided to cross this cultural boundary. Because we have down here as the created, as creation, we have a way of thinking we have our own language. We have our own, the way that we love to do things and things that we like to do. And God loved us so much that he decided to cross this barrier right here and say, I'm going to come down, be amongst you, and show you how to live, show you how to be amongst people. And when we look at this picture, this, all of us have this right here. And I want us to be thinking, where is this in my life? Where is this line in my own life that I'm, I'm hesitant to cross, to cross? I'll be honest with you. I'm very comfortable up here. I'm very satisfied up here. It's not always easy crossing over. I'm a black man that loves playing dominoes and eating tofu. So let me just stay up here. I'll stay right in, right in my comfort zone, right in the things that I like to do. I roller skate. I mean, I love, hey, I love this right here. I love listening to rap music, hip hop. I'm right here. Tom Petty's down here. I don't know where that is, <laughs> all these different things. But, 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 but this is a thing. Christ himself encourages us to be crossing this line at time and time again. I don't always get it right. I don't always want to come over here. But God's purpose, God's image of heaven is always us crossing cultural boundaries. I got another scripture right here. This is a guy named Paul, the same guy that wrote the other text. And he's a guy that started to follow after Jesus. He loves Jesus. He was a Jewish man, but he makes another radical statement. He says, when I was with the Jews, I became like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. When I am with the Gentiles, I become like a Gentile. But I do not ignore the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. When I am with those who are weak, I share in their weaknesses. For I want to bring the weak to Christ. I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. Here he is, once again, tethered to the gospel. Watch this. I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessings. He says, I become, I become. You got to look at that language time and time again. I became, I became. If we modernize it, I, if I'm sitting down with my Jewish friends, I'm having a good kosher meal on Monday. If I'm sitting down with my Gentiles on Tuesday, I'm going to be sitting down having barbecue and ribs and all these other things. Because he's saying, I'm not letting this affect my life. I am going to continuously become, become. And if we make it even more modernized, there's a guy from Los Angeles that decided to come on over, do this thing called hiking with 
I don't know what that is either. He started to come over and got real bolder and started only eating tofu. Wow. This guy that came over and he doing these different things, not always easy. Not always, it's not as in our human nature, it's not our tendency to go in the direction of something that's not like us. But I will tell you right now, with God's encouragement, it is so beneficial when we continue to cross cultural boundaries. And I firmly believe that when we start to live like Jesus, when we start to truly follow after Jesus, we find ourselves over here. You find a black man listening to Tom Petty, <laughs> going on a 14er. Wow. I haven't done that yet, but somebody invite me. Um, and you, you start to find yourself on the other side. It's doing stuff that you didn't necessarily think that you would do. But because I want to be amongst the Jew or the Gentile, make it more modern, if I want to be amongst the minority, if I want to be amongst, uh, for me, another white male or white, you know, whatever it may be, I have to cross this boundary. And I love the picture that Jesus sets up when he does that. He crosses that cultural boundary and he begins to live amongst us and show us that I died for every single one of you. I didn't just cross the boundary and then run back. I actually came over here, lived amongst you, lived, seen things through your lens. And I died for every single one of you. And I believe that when we start to follow after him, we'll find ourselves over here more and more. And me and Jim are going to talk about a little few practical ways of how that looks. Yeah, I, the, the bottom line, I just love it. The, the gospel says God who's different from us came into our world and loved us and died for us. Yeah. And when you do that in somebody else's life, you are walking in the footsteps oh, of Jesus. Yes, sir. So good. So good. Um, let me try. You mind if oh, I give a shot? Hey. Okay. I, so, I set the bar pretty high, I think. You did. I, I think. Know, I think. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> competitive so, nature. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's true. I, <laughs> I'm not competitive. <laughs> um, that was a joke. I don't know. If you got it, but, um, hey, here's what we want to do. Let's dive into what can we do about this. Yeah. How, what do you... Great. All right. We get the big picture. What do we actually do with this now? Here's what I want to start this with. I, I think there's a decision that every person in this room, myself included, needs to make. We've got to evaluate ourselves on something because I think there's kind of three types of people out there. And we've got to identify ourselves in this. We've got to say, God, what are you doing with me? There's, there's one kind of person, I think, that does something that is really important. We, you actually have learned how to love yourself. Now, don't ever take that for granted. This is a very important thing for us to be able to love ourselves. Hopefully, though, as we go along in life, we don't just stop there. Wouldn't that be kind of a bummer? We need to move beyond that. And there's another kind of person that has learned, not only do I love myself, I actually, there's a group that I love. Somebody in this category might say, I, I, I love my kids, love my family. I love uh, people in my high school. I love, uh, you know, my team. I love, um, you know, uh, I'm an American, so I, I love my country. That's, that is moving from self-love into group love. Here's a crazy thing about Jesus. thing that will make him so uncomfortable to follow. He actually has the audacity to say, don't just say in self-love, don't just stay in group love. We actually have to move into 
a love that says, I just love everybody. I have to love beyond even my own group. Because Jesus has this thing he says where he goes, you know what? Um, if you love people that love you back, what good is that? Doesn't everybody do that? No, I tell you, pray for your enemies. Love the people who are not like you. Love the people who might even hate you. You know, back to the line thing. Yeah. I think the reason why we have racism in the world is that a lot of us, we, we never quite grow, human beings never quite grow out of self and group love and cross the line into this category. Guys, I think Jesus is begging for us and his own life models. You gotta hit, we have to, we have to decide. We have to decide that, no, we're not just gonna love my group. I'm gonna go beyond that and extend my love beyond the boundaries that you might expect. That's the key, the heart of the gospel right there again, caught in I think three different kinds of people. And I'll be honest, for me, some days I wake up, this is about all I can muster. It's like, it's all about me. Some days I'm here. This is not a like, you've arrived thing. That's good. This is a daily getting up, talking with God, saying, Lord, will you help me love the kid at school that's getting my kid into trouble? I don't just love my group. My love will extend beyond that. When I think about, when I think about that as well, I think it goes right into what we were talking about when you we were just kind of mustering up and kind of thinking, what does that look like? What is that practical way of things? And I sat down and I really began to think and really view and begin to say, what is that? What, what is that thing that I feel like it could be a real game changer in a person's life? Yeah. And I believe that is befriending someone of another race. And when you befriend someone of another, uh, another race, I believe in like true friendship. I got to clarify because I work with high school students, so they got to deal with a lot of frenemies sometimes. And so, uh, but true friendship, friendship that, you know, that is the one that you rock and roll with, that you ride or die for. That is a friend, someone that is near and dear. And I believe when you befriend someone, not just, you know, this is, you know, I got, uh, you know, a person that comes to my house every now and then or whatever it may be. If you befriend someone, if you bring someone near, if you begin to see things the way that they see things, having a conversation, having a meal or coffee and beginning to see what it's like for you guys to learn with from each other, I believe two things begin to happen. One thing that I want to make mention of, I'm going back to the board. I didn't do this last time, but Go I'm going to do it again. When you befriend someone... I think it takes away the statement of I didn't know. When you befriend someone and you are able to share in conversation, when you begin to walk with them, when you begin to be with them on a weekly, monthly, whatever basis it is, I believe this takes away this statement. Can I be real candid for you real quickly and kind of speak from my own mindset or from my own perspective, Do my it. own kind of experience? Do it. I've seen time and time again, and I believe that ignorance, the lack of knowledge, is the, one of the biggest things in this particular issue 
that, that, that keeps that line right there. I didn't know, which like I said, it's no fault. You did not know. How can you take responsibility for something you did not know? But I believe when you befriend someone, this statement goes away. Yeah, and I, I would say too on that line, like it can't, it can't just be like I know somebody who's different color than me and they work at the gas station that I get gas from and I say hi to them. Uh, the bigger question is, do you have a friend in your life where you can actually sit down and be like, what were you taught as a kid? What do you, how do you perceive this? What do you see about what's going on in the news? Whatever it is, that you actually have the kind of friendship developed with somebody where you can find out something. So don't, don't, we, can't, we can't check the box off and just say, oh, well, I know somebody who works near me. Like, who's in your neighborhood? Who's in your school? Like, are you... Will you actively take that person out to lunch or befriend somebody? You're thinking of it right now, a coworker. Guys, this is what we're talking about when we say take the extra step and move across the line and reach your hand out to that person. Most definitely. And let me be clear as well. This was my kind of created to say, hey, let's befriend someone. I got to make it clear. There's a lot of people in this room. I can't be everybody's black friend. I, I, just, I, I swear, I, I, I can't. I, I honestly, he talked about I'm, this. I was like, you just want a bunch of buddies. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This, this is all this is, man. I it's can't you be angling for friendships I can't right be now. everybody's black friend. I, I, I know it's convenient, but maybe <laughs> if you have me over for dinner or something, I don't know, maybe. We'll tofu. see. Tofu. We'll Feed see. him tofu we'll and he's yours. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. Uh, <laughs> but even with that, I, I begin to think about this and I be trying to, and I begin to kind of like wrestle with it because I could kind of, already see, and even in my own life, I've been kind of think about, well, you know, I, you know, Jim or Maurice, I've started my own business. I, I got a little one. I got four kids. I, I, I got this going on, and I got this one in sports, and I'm always on the move, and I barely, you know, can figure out these different things, and I got this that I got going on, and, and you're kind of wondering, you're kind of thinking, are you guys saying put something else on my plate? with all that I have going on and to befriend someone else, to be intentional and go an extra step in befriending someone of another race? And I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say that this is the very encouragement of Jesus to all of us to befriend someone of another race. And I believe what that does, and I love even hearing uh, Bill's story. If you ever heard Bill's story, guy from Washington, I don't know if he was, I think he was upper class, I forget, but he goes to the inner city a little bit reluctantly and goes to the inner city and begins to walk and live life with them and begin to see things through their eyes. And And I heard his testimony, and when he said the words that I didn't come to, to, to try to help. I didn't come to try to hey, learn from me, learn from this guy, or, you know, you know, take this, or, you know, let me invest all these things to you. He said, I went and I had to realize that I had to be in a position of learning, that I had to be in a position of humbling myself to sit and listen to another person's story. And I believe what that does for us is when we can put a name to something, when we can put a name and a story in our own mind and that we, we, we don't just have empathy from, from Facebook and we say, I'm praying for you, we leave a comment. If you do that, that's fine. But when you're in proximity, when you're face-to-face, when you're walking with someone, when you hear a story from people, I believe there's certain things that you won't stand for. Mm. I believe there's certain things when you hear some racial rhetoric, 
when you, when you hear some, 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 some racist rhetoric, rather, when you hear some different things that is offensive, not personally to you, but for a person that you befriended, you start to draw the line. And I want to be even candid. Can I be honest with you just one more time? You're going to be just vulnerable for you just for one more second. Even in my own life, for those of us that are, are minorities that may be in the room, there's something that we can't stand for either. Coming here, there's many friends that knew well, you're going to a church that's predominantly white. And now I get the sellout label. Now I get the label, you know, why would you go and, you know, with all that's going on in the world, these crackers that you're going to be doing, that they're not doing, that you're going to be, that you're going to be with, that you're going to be at their church and you're going to be working for the white man. Mm. And that, at that moment, when I know people, when I've been at the Candy's house, when I've been at the Schneider's house, when I've had dinner with the Lagadros, when I've been in contact with the Kings, and I've been with their children, and I've walked with them in life, and I can put a story, and I can put a, a name with a story, and you're going to use that rhetoric, at that moment I draw a line in the sand. For people that I've grown up with, mm. That, that we've shared different moments and experiences with, if you're going to be that type that's going to chirp from this end and you're not going to have a relationship and you're not going to have a conversation, I draw the line. Mm -hmm. I, I can't be with that. I distance myself from those things. So me personally, as a minority on the other side, I've dealt with it. That's awesome. I, I'll tell you what, man. If, if I read, I hear somebody says something to me that... Um, would say something bad about blacks in general, because I know Maurice, I'm like, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. You cannot say that about my guy. You can't do that. I mean, I, you, um, I don't think folks that have these kinds of relationships end up racist. I think point. when you have a relationship like this with me, I will stick up for you and you will stick up for me. And, and it'll cost us something. So, you know, you, you, think, about, um, you think about this Thanksgiving when the, your crazy uncle shows up and makes some kind of comments. You got to say something. You think about when you're in school and somebody, one of your friends says something, you got to say something. Stand up and say something. And, and it will cost you something. That's the thing. Because the thing about this little whole deal totally. is that uh, when you move from this into this, you know who you get criticized by? The people who are back here. They're now angry that you've moved here, and you will receive criticism, and dang it, it's worth it. I saw um, this quote this week, working on this stuff, just cut me. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. quote says, in the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. I'll tell you what, Man, we live in a day, again, let's go back to that idea of perception. There cannot be silent white Christians when it comes to this topic. There, we cannot be silent when it comes to the idea that God has elevated one race over the other or that we would, absolutely not, that will torpedo our witness. That quote, man, <laughs> that's, that is huge. Yeah. So Maurice, tell, here's, here's what I ask you. Um, here we are, a lot of us have grown up maybe here or in a culture like this, um, maybe sometimes we feel powerless or we feel like, what, what do we do? Because we live in a, a community that is predominantly white. Um, what would you tell us mm -hmm. 
in this by telling us what you would suggest to us something yeah. we can do. If there was just an easy first step, a first just quick sentence into this opening this door and you walking in this journey, I would say as you start off, as you begin to think about these things, as it's something that hit home for you, view me as your brother. And when I say me, I want to even say us. Because once again, it's not just black and white. I speak through my lens, but view me as your brother and view people that have a female view of brothers and sisters. And don't get me wrong, I've been in a family where there's a little dysfunction. We're not, not that type of family. Not the type of family where dad loves this one a little bit more, you know, mom loves this one, or, you know, there's a little bit of favoritism, or, you know, there's a hierarchy, and you get the, you know, those different things. We have a heavenly father that loves all of us. And I think that when you can view another race, another ethnicity, another person of a different status, whatever it may be, as your brother, it begins to start to work on something within you. Because a brother, when you see, it, for those of you who've had great interactions as far as like a brotherhood or sisterhood, or you know, you're really close with a family member, even when you have differing opinions, hmm. even when you have some ups and downs in your relationship, that's my brother, hmm. that's my sister. And I may not necessarily agree with all that you're doing, but I'm gonna stand with you, I'm gonna be with you, and if there's anything that's you know, offensive, I'm gonna stand with you. Like I said, I may, may not agree with you. you know, brothers and sisters, they, they have their little bickering moments at times. But that's my brother. That's my sister. Hear me and believe the words of my experience and that I have to say. View me as your brother. View us, view another race as your brothers and sisters. Let's pray. Lord, uh, thank you for my brother here, Maurice. Uh, thank you for uh, the richness of diversity that you've put on this globe. Um, God, I just think of that passage in Revelation where every tribe, every tongue, every color is bowed before you and they are worshiping Jesus. What an incredible day that's going to be. And God, it's just part of breaking through the kingdom right now that we fight for that in this time, in this place. So Lord, uh, I pray over our church and I pray over everyone here that we in our own little spheres of influence can uh, promote the kingdom when it comes to uh, the reconciliation uh, that you want to see here on earth. So Lord, we love you. Thank you that you crossed the line to us. That is great news today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thank you. Yeah. So.